Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdum. My name is Diz, and I'm your pop culture and sports nerd, Ali. I am Ali, your classic nerd. So, Ali, um, do you have a 2021 bingo card? I don't. Okay. We should have a 2021 We should, right? Bingo card. Because it's been a fucking, <laughs> like, Wednesdays in 2021, bro. Shit goes down. Insurrection. Someone uh, said this like the four twenties uh, or the four Wednesdays of twenty twenty one. Yeah, they're like the, the fucking. It's the yeah, the it's fucking something. It's like the four riders of the apocalypse, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You, <laughs> the first one was what the insurrection. Yeah, insurrection, impeachment, inauguration, class warfare. <laughs> yeah, all in one uh, month. I swear, uh, it's been nuts for for those of you who have been living under a rock and don't know what's going on. Um, so basically what's been what's been going on is uh Wall Street has been going at it with Main Street. Main Street being like retail traders. So average people like Wall Street uh, has been going at it with Reddit. Yeah, basically Reddit. They, they it's the the financial people they say Wall Street versus Main Street, but yeah, it's literally Wall Street versus Reddit. Yeah. So um what happened was a few hedge funds so hedge funds are like these multi-billion dollar like companies that like do investments and stuff and like they're they're fucking billionaires right these hedge fund managers and like these guys are literally like when you think of wall street and like you think of like scummy fucking people on wall street these are the guys hedge fund managers right Mm -hmm. and people who own hedge funds they're just fucking shit they're the top fucking 0.1 percent all right um so these guys what they do is they short stocks. For those of you who don't know what shorting stocks is, so let's say I think a company is going to go bankrupt, right? And I'm a hedge mm-hmm. fund. What I'll do is, is I'll borrow like the stock from someone else and then sell it. So like, let's say you own, let, let's say like you own a stock that's worth $10, right, Ali? Yep. And I, I, I borrow that stock from you. And then uh, I sell it, and that stock now goes down to seven dollars. I then rebuy two of them and give at you the back lower one. price. Yeah, yeah, at the lower price. So I made like a three dollar profit off of it. Yeah. This is this is what they do. They do this a lot. So when they think a company's gonna go bankrupt, they short their stock. Um, what happened was is some guy on Reddit named Wall Street Bets noticed that like these hedge funds were doing it to GameStop, right? Mm-hmm. They, that was the big one. First, they saw like GameStop was going super low. So these guys. Uh, I think when they shorted GameStop, they did it at four dollars. Mm-hmm. So the price kept like was gonna go low, and um, what this guy did was he told a bunch of people, "Dude, just fucking buy GameStop stocks." So these because these guys bought borrowed more stocks than there was in GameStop, right? Yeah. So you can borrow more stocks than there is, like to to short the system. This guy noticed that they were borrowing more stocks and he was just annoyed with these fucking rich fucks. So he's like, hey, we can get these guys back and make us a shit ton of money. So he told a bunch of people to, to, to do this and it got big and a bunch of people just kept buying GameStop stock. Mm-hmm. Like they bought it super cheap and then it kept, because they kept buying it, it kept going up and up and up to the point where like GameStop stock right now, if I look at it, I believe the last time i checked it was close to like 200 dollars. if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. maybe i'm wrong but i'm like pretty sure it was something along those lines 
uh, I'm double checking it right now on my fucking Robin Hood app. I'm gonna get to uh, what what was going on with Robin Hood as well, because that was some shady business going on mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. But what they, what ended, they ended, up doing, ended up doing is screwing the hedge fund people. Yeah, because these hedge funds now had to borrow money to pay back the people that they borrowed from, yeah. and they were losing money on this while the rich, or while the poor were getting rich. So basically, basically that you, you ended up with billions of dollars being spent by these hedge funds, and one of them went bankrupt. Yeah. Um, to, to like they lost like $12 billion, so they had to go yeah. bankrupt. And that, then, then they noticed that they were doing it with AMC, right? Because yeah. AMC was about to go bankrupt. Like, we heard about it in December. Like, you know, it's, dude, it's fucking pandemic. Like, yeah. no one's going to the movies. AMC lost a shit ton of money this past year, so they're about to go bankrupt. So they shorted their stock. So they started buying that stock. Then they noticed they were doing it to Nokia and BlackBerry and um, Bed, Bed Bath & Beyond. So like they, people were trying to buy all these stocks in these companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, for, like, so yesterday, Wednesday, while we're recording, was, was a huge day. People were making like 1,000% off of their initial investment. Like they're making mm-hmm. a shit ton of money. Like they bought like, a hundred dollars worth of like GameStop stock, and they ended up that stock ended up being worth like five figures, you know, mm-hmm. like from that initial like small investment. When you get a bunch of small people, you get a bunch of people like buying small but buying a lot, like it inflates the price. And what happened today was insane. So a lot of these people were buying it on Robinhood. Robinhood mm-hmm. is an app that was supposed to that was brought out to the like the app store saying like oh yeah we're gonna bring democracy back to like finance you yeah, can be your own trader the stocks right stocks has always been really inaccessible right in order yeah. to, to to do any type of stock work yeah you, you needed you know e-trade even e-trade right which was supposed to be the kind of first step of being able to do this stuff maybe a little bit on your own maybe a little bit at your own pace it was relatively inaccessible. You didn't know what you were doing. You didn't have, like, it was tricky. Robinhood was like, look, you got a few dollars here or there. Here's yeah. an app. You can now start investing and playing around and figuring things out on your own. It was fundamentally, there's the name Robinhood. It was all about yeah. democratizing the stock market. So, so it was. Uh, right. So, okay, and just to clarify, GameStop at its peak was at about $250. Okay. Per stock, and these people were buying at like four bucks a piece. Um, so what Robinhood did, right, was they stopped letting people buy shares of Nokia, BlackBerry, GameStop, AMC, and Bet Bath and Beyond, those five companies that had just been shorted by all these hedge funds, right? Because the rich realized that the poorer class was using their own tactics against them. Yeah. To make themselves money, right? In other words, they, they there was a joke, someone on Twitter was like, they're going to have to stop outside trading. <laughs> Insider trading is the real issue. Right. They're going to stop outside trading. Like, literally. Bro, here's, so, it was a huge deal, right? Big deal, Be- yeah. Because it seemed in many ways that you had a series of powerful forces that were now willing to collaborate and work together in order to stop what they thought or what they believed were inappropriate actions. For them, inappropriate yeah. actions. Now, here's the thing. You could sell your stock in GameStop, yeah. 
blackberry nokia amc but you couldn't buy more stock so what happens when you're able to sell and not able to buy the price goes down if you can't buy a stock the price isn't going to go up right? Right, right and the whole goal was to try to scare these poor people into selling what they had so that the prices would go down and you know like these billionaires were going to get massive losses regardless, right? At but the they wanted to cut time, their... At the same time, Robinhood was also, and there were reports that people were saying that Robinhood is, was automatically selling yeah. their stocks without their permission. Yeah, so I, I, I saw that too on Twitter that like, uh, I, I saw Multiple at least like two people. or three people. Yeah. yeah. Like, because those are the ones that got like popular. Like, I, right. I can't speak for how many, but I saw like two or three got super viral. Like, they were right. selling like a thousand stock of... Right. Of, of GameStop, you know, like, and here's the thing 50% of Robinhood users own stock in GameStop. A lot of people who signed up, so I signed up for Robinhood back in 2016. All right. My friend um, told me, hey, like, I'm investing in this. Like, if you sign up to this, I get a free stock. Right. Yeah. Like, it, you just need to, like, deposit 20 bucks. So I did it. I was like, all right, whatever, dude, I'll get pay 20 bucks, whatever, you get some money, and then I'll invest. I, I deposited the $20, completely forgot that I had the 20 bucks in there until like 2018. So for two years, I forgot that I had money in there. And then I randomly bought fucking Dogecoin, which I'm going to get into later. But um, so like, that's how Robinhood worked. Like, you know, like you just referred your friends, they got the app, they bought whatever. And you didn't have to go through like, e-trade you don't have to go through fidelity you don't have to go through a stockbroker you don't have to go through like whoever like you were just able to do it at home like it gave you like but this, is, this is the thing though and and this is why i've been saying this over and over again and to a certain extent there's almost like a, a cassandra effect here you know cassandra was this famous uh greek uh, soothsayer who mm-hmm. uh was cursed by apollo in that she could always see the future but no one would ever believe her <laughs> and so there is an element of like this is what I was talking about when I say social media gives the illusion of democratizing while not yeah. actually democratizing. We when I said and we saw this with YouTube, right? We saw this with mm-hmm. TikTok. The YouTube uh, democracy was the idea that anybody could become famous on YouTube, right? Anyone could gain an audience on YouTube. That was the illusion that it democratized the celebrity, that it democratized the platform. But when you actually looked at it, YouTube predominantly reinforced the same social hierarchies. Yeah. Who ended up getting famous? Predominantly white, predominantly dudes, Blonde. right? Yeah. With the exception of beauty gurus, right? Yeah. It was the same people. People who were already relatively wealthy. They were, mm-hmm. they were already, le- already middle class because they had the time to devote to YouTube. They all had roughly similar backgrounds, right? By background, I don't mean like their their, their ethnicity. I mean literally their backgrounds. Their rooms all looked roughly the same. Yeah, they, right? they all had like just like this, they all had exactly. the same setup. All yeah. same setup, and it elevated those people. Now there are some exceptions. There are ca- absolutely yeah. cases of people uh, of color, particularly yeah. gay people, that ended up finding a really good audience. Right, so, uh, LGBTQ people, mm-hmm. but they were far and few in between. Yeah, here and there. In actuality, YouTube consolidated it. Why? Because YouTube favored corporations. And yeah, so the largest... Who's, ac- who's giving them their advertisement money? Yeah, who's the largest accounts, the largest influence, all went to corporations, not to ordinary people. Mm-hmm. And so the birth of the influencer, the birth of the influencer, 
wasn't some democratization. All it was was a faux expansion. The same powers to be were still in charge. The same powers to be were making all the money. But they sort of expanded it so it looks nice, right? They used the look of diversity, the look of democratization to make things seem like they were changing when in actuality it wasn't. The same thing with Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Instagram was to democratize the model and the photographer. The idea was that now anybody could become a model. How many people when we were growing up, what are you? Oh, I'm a model. When they meant, uh, I'm an Instagram model, right? Yeah, right. My friend this takes a, pictures of me on their yeah, iPhone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they were very excited to, to be a model. They didn't have to go through an agency or whatnot. And it's true. To a certain extent, some people were able to get modeling gigs from it. Mm-hmm. But what did Instagram do? It created a singular look. Everyone looks actual, like one of the Kardashians now. Yeah, there's a whole article about what's known as the Instagram face, mm-hmm. right? Which is ethnically ambiguous undeniably white yeah and that's in other words the same exact beauty standard that always were around got reinforced makeup went from we went from saying look we're going to dismantle beauty standards we're going to dismantle the patriarchy which forces women to look a certain way and men to look a certain way as well all we did is democratize makeup so yeah. people that used to use makeup, the, the type of makeup that's being used now, were used by celebrities for movies. The mm-hmm. idea of kind of completely contouring and changing your facial structure, right? Yeah. That's movie magic. Mm-hmm. We didn't say, hey, that was really messed up. Let's not airbrush ourselves. Let's not contour our face. We just democratized that. So that now ordinary people are doing the exact same thing. So some kid in you know, Tacoma, Washington is now having the same access to makeup that the celebrity in Beverly Hills was doing. So yeah. great, they have access to it, but the same structure exists. The same beauty standard exists. We, we, didn't, we didn't democratize it. We just took the standard and made it according to everyone else. So now it's not Vogue that's airbrushing people. You're doing it to yourself. Yeah. You're airbrushing your own face. Using your own filters and all that. You're using your own filters. I mean, there's a whole conversation to be had about how there's been an increase in body dysmorphia because people don't know how they look without filters, without airbrushing, without touch-ups. So we we didn't make it better. We just expanded the influence of that exact same industry, the beauty industry. And TikTok is the same way, right? So we talk about TikTok's democratizing influence. But there's never been more fucking... Uh, in my opinion, consolidation and conformity than on TikTok. Everyone's room looks the exact same way on TikTok. Everyone does the same fucking dances. Everyone does the same dances. Look at the effect on the music industry. Yeah. The same five songs. Oh yeah, sure. Now you have an opportunity for some random song from Russia or some kid creating a song in his, in his bedroom going famous and maybe going viral for a little bit. But it still is about consolidation. And Robinhood did the exact same thing. Now, this is the thing about these tech companies, right? They play on the idea of democratizing while simultaneously retaining all of the control. We saw it clear with Robinhood. When Robinhood was threatened, mm-hmm. when its buddies were threatened, did it side with the people? Did it say, no, this, is, this app is about democratizing stocks. Let people do what they do. Let the market yeah, regulate free market, itself, right? Yeah. right? But here, so no. here's the thing, right? So the the uh, Wall Street bets guy literally put out a post saying, "Listen, here's an advantage that I have 
that these hedge fund managers and like these billionaires don't. I grew up broke. Mm-hmm. I grew up like I I've been homeless in my life. Mm-hmm. To me, having a hundred dollars in my account and having ten dollars in my account are just the same. I know how to survive on both. These people don't. I will wait them out. So hold the line. Basically, like it became a war. Like you are seeing people saying, hold the line, hold the line, which means mm-hmm. don't sell your stock because that's what they want you to do. And a lot of people didn't. A lot of right. like the fact that right. So, so right now, um, GameStop is at $190, right? right. It was at 250 earlier today or to start right. today, but it's still at $190. That's still a big jump from the $4 it was when they shorted the stock. You know what and, I'm saying? And we should also note that they're not allowing a new people to invest. No. In, so, like, people who are trying, but, yes. tried to jump in. They're like, oh, well, maybe yeah. I'll get in. Yeah. They're like, nope, so, not happening. So that's what I tried last night. So last night, I was like, you know what? Let me buy, like, 55 bucks worth of Nokia because I, I pulled out 50. Uh, so when I bought Dogecoin, I bought it, like, I, I bought it a few years back. I bought it as a joke. My $20 turned into, like, a hundred and like fifty bucks, so I pulled out. I pulled out fifty bucks of it, and then uh, I was gonna put it in Nokia, right? Mm. And like, I'm low key pissed off that I did that because I got. They told me that I couldn't buy it this morning. Like, I woke up like at six thirty randomly, looked at my phone, and said I couldn't buy it, right? Because I bought it. I tried to buy it after hours, which means as soon as the market opens, I could get it. But I got a refund on it, and yep. yeah. I was like, whatever. So I put the money back in Doge. Doge is up fucking 600% right now, by the way, which is insane. Um, but uh, they wouldn't let new people buy into these stocks. Right. Now, right. here's what happened. Here's what Robinhood wasn't expecting. Robinhood wasn't expecting. They were probably expecting people like AOC to be pissed off, right? And people like Bernie Sanders to be pissed off. They weren't expecting people like fucking Ted Cruz and Donald Trump Jr. to be pissed off at them, too. Right. Well, nobody likes hedge funds in general, right? Yeah. Nobody likes hedge funds. And so when Robinhood sided with the hedge funds, that became a very clear issue. Whether they, they expected Ted Cruz to approve or not doesn't really matter because it was stupid on their part. The Democrats are in power right now. Their actions were openly going to invite the Democrats to investigate them. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to face a massive amount of scrutiny. At the same time, there are now reports. We're not sure if they're confirmed or not. So bear in mind that these could be tur- this could turn out to be false. That does look like, at least from the point of view of some people who are doing, you know, who've gotten some tips, that Robinhood may have may have coordinated when they decided to shut things down with an actual hedge fund. Yeah, have, that if they, I saw that too. Now. What happened, but here's the thing, after all that scrutiny, Robinhood is now allowing people to buy it again tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. But that doesn't change yeah. the fact that they didn't allow it today. today. And that's enough yeah. to, to screw over Robinhood. They may have sealed their fate, right? Yeah. But what this is a perfect demonstration of is hegemony. Mm-hmm. I've talked about hegemony. It's one of the most important concepts to understand when we talk about how capitalism endures right one of the ways that that capitalism endures is and this is this is also tied to what marx carl's ideology but the idea that the values of the rich become accepted by ordinary working class people and they become accepted in a way without the working class even really thinking about it Mm -hmm. 
we simply take for granted the values of capitalism. Yeah. In the most overt example, in the most sort of overt or crude manifestation of this, it's working class people defending their bosses, working class people defending their corporations, working class people defending capitalism, right? Yeah. Even though they're getting screwed over, these are people who are making no money, who are yeah. barely making ends meet, but they start like, my job is the best job. I love my job. I love working for this job, right? Yeah. Every company does it too. Every company wants you to convince, they want to convince you that it's the greatest place in the world to work at so that you. Uh, we're a know, family here. Yeah, you adopt that ideology. So this is the most crude example of it. But the other manifestation of hegemony that's talked about by, by Gramsci is the idea that clusters of power will align with one another in order to maintain their power. Mm-hmm. This is very different from, say, uh, protests that face police brutality. That's coercive power. That's very overt. It's in your face. We're going to protect ourselves by being violent, right? Mm-hmm. The most effective form of power is actually hegemonic, that they'll actually just align with one another. Here, you saw Robin Hood work with hedge funds in order to ensure to protect big corporations, right? Billion-dollar corporations. At the same time that that was happening, what did Apple do? Apple protected Robin Hood from getting its reviews. Yeah, so earlier, it got... got as soon as people found out that you couldn't buy BlackBerry, Nokia, GameStop, AMC, Bed Bath and Beyond, yeah. it got a whole bunch of one star reviews to the point where it was only rated one star. Yeah. Now, later on in the day, Apple purged all the reviews from today. Yeah. So yeah. I looked it up because one of my one of my friends tweeted about it, right? And I don't know if you saw my, my, my uh, Twitter post, but one of my friends tweeted about it, and he's like, everyone's talking shit about Robinhood, but it's still at a 4.8 on the App Store. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it, and I was like, I could have sworn I saw that it was at a 1 earlier. Yeah. And I went and looked, and then, like, so they have, Apple uses the Yelp method where they put, like, most useful for the reviews instead of, like, right. latest. I, you could change it, though. So I changed it to latest. There were no reviews from Thursday. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. It is, the word coordination is too overt, right? Mm-hmm. Coordination implies conspiracy. Coordination implies people working together as a plan. No, these are people who are preserving their own self-interest, and they just happen to align. They happen to work together. In other words, the powerful align with one another, even without, they're not sitting there in like a room and going in a bunker like, all right. You do this, and then you do that, and then I'm going to come in here. It's not a plan. It's not a strategy. It's the nature of power. Mm-hmm. These are people that may, on, on every other instance, be competitors, right? Yeah. In every other instance, they may not always align. But when they're threatened by some type of significant change, then they will align powerfully. They will align yeah. in ways in order to ensure it. Now, the other component of hegemony is that it is dynamic. It is adaptable. Mm-hmm. What you'll see in the coming days will be that some people, some of these corporations will emerge and try to pretend like they were on the side of everyone else. Mm-hmm. So people either condemn Robin Hood or Robin Hood will come out and be like, no, we were always on the side of the people. We're going to allow some, we're going to allow free trading. This was just an error. You'll see that they will align. The most perfect example of this is Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. was hated by most Americans. Something about 65 to 70% of Americans disliked Martin Luther King Jr. and rejected his activism. Rejected his activism, right? Mm-hmm. 
Don't let white America fool you. For all their quotes of Martin Luther King Jr., these people opposed him when he was alive. After his death, what happened? They adopted him. Every textbook treats it as if America was always on the side of Martin Luther King Jr., that he was protesting somebody, right? He was clearly mm-hmm. protesting somebody, and they were, you know, he was fighting against Alabama and whatnot and all this stuff, right? And Mississippi. There's always this language, right? Like he was protesting. But he is our history. He is our history. Americans, we honor Martin Luther King Jr. That's why every president goes and lays down reach. No, motherfucker. While he was alive, you abused him, you harassed him, you rejected his, his, his activism. But this is the power of hegemony. In order to maintain its power, in order to say, oh shit, the people have really risen up against us, we don't want them to overthrow us, they will adapt ever so slightly, accepting just a small amount of the demands of people, making a small change while structurally changing nothing. So what happened after, after Martin Luther King Jr.? They accepted his memory. But have they actually structurally done anything that Martin Luther King Jr. has asked? No. no. Okay. Right? Nothing structurally changed. The powerful are still the powerful. The wealthy are still the wealthy. The Congress and, and, and the, our political representation still looks prejudiced, right? Very mm-hmm. clearly, the percentage of people of color in positions of power are not some are not reflective of the wider population in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. They're just look not. Up, look up the new leaders' uh, articles on it. Yeah, uh, absolutely not represented by our, our good friend, Doctor Noura Sadiq. Mm-hmm. Right. So we. That's a power, That's an example of hegemony. The ability to adapt. We'll see that in the coming days, in the coming weeks. You'll see as certain corporations, certain structures will try to adjust. You'll see people say, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe hedge funds have gone too far. We'll do something about those hedge funds, right? So mm-hmm. fucked up. But what they won't say is that, well, there's still an income inequality that we've got to address. Yeah, so, right. So Wall Street is still, by very nature, really fucked up. Oh, but oh, maybe we'll get, we'll get rid of some of those hedge funds. <laughs> but they won't address things like vulture capitalism. They won't address things like income inequality. They won't address all these other things. Those same companies that are going to talk about hedge funds, ask them what they think about the minimum wage. <laughs> right? <laughs> ask them. It's, it's nuts, man. It's uh, like, I, I, never in my, I never thought in my lifetime I would see like, because it's, it's, I feel like this is the start of something big, right? Like, People are finally using the internet in a good way. Like, yeah, but here's the thing. It could be. The only problem is, is again, the dynamism of hegemony. Mm-hmm. One of the things that the powerful have that we don't is that the powerful can wait. Yeah, they can wait us out. That's, that's what they, they do. They can literally wait you out. Think of, think of some of the biggest protest movements in modern American history, like Black Lives Matter. Occupy Wall what, Street. Occupy Wall Street. What did they do? They waited, waited it, it out. out. Yeah. Black Lives Matter shoots up every once in a while and seems to be headed in, in a direction where maybe we'll see some change. But on the whole, Black Lives Matter has been around for at least five years. Yeah, right? since, since the start of Trayvon Martin, which was back yeah. in, what, 2014? Yeah, so we're seeing at least five years, yeah. but structurally not too much has changed. What has changed is public perception, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of things have been mainstreamed, uh, abolishing ICE, defunding police. So I don't want to dismiss any of the amazing... But how long did it take? 
yeah, amazing accomplishment of Black Lives Matter. The, the huge milestones have been met. But Black Lives Matter is fighting against the, a powerful hegemony. And what hegemonies are able to do is they just kind of wait it out. They adopt yeah. things. My, the you know, mayor of D.C. is going to ha- write Black Lives Matter on the street. Right? Mm-hmm. That's co-opting it. But will fundamentally do nothing about policing. No. <laughs> right? Yeah. And not just that. Like, I think of it like when, let's say, like, someone like you and I file a lawsuit against like a multi-million dollar company or a multi-billion dollar company, what they do is they just like keep postponing like the trial date because they know that the normal person can't afford all those court fees. It's, it's a, it's a a delaying tactic. This is one of the things that they do. They, they, this is how they get settlements. This is how they are able to pay out far less than people. What they should. I'd hope for. Yeah. Um, is what they do is they just delay it and they add a flurry of paperwork, mm-hmm. knowing that you're gonna it's gonna cost you because your lawyer has to look at it and all it takes time. That is an example of how this works. They can just delay. They can wait. And so yeah, this may be the start of uh, an ongoing like a digital version of Occupy Wall Street, right? But I'm always hesitant. These things that come out because they require a level of commitment from people. And maybe because of the pandemic, things will be different this time around. But so long, in my opinion, so long as the endless scroll exists, Mm -hmm. there's no real opportunity for revolution. That's true. One of the things that social media has done is that it has killed our community thinking. Put us in a distracted state. Yeah, we are constantly in the state of distraction. We are not able to think communally and collectively this example of Reddit is one of the few examples that really shine the power of collective organizing. Mm-hmm. When you work as a group, you can do amazing, amazing things. The hold the line thing, that is collective organizing. And that is what we should be using social media for. It's what the Arab Spring was all about. That's the real emancipatory, liberatory power that social media, if you use it right. The problem is, is you do it for a day, you do it for two days, and then on day three, you go back to watching Bridgerton or whatever. Right. On day four, you go back to watching TikTok. Because it's tiring. And I'm not blaming people who do that, to be clear, right? That's how the system is set up, to exhaust you. So that when you're exhausted, you turn to your comforts. The reason TikTok exists, the reason streaming exists, the reason all these things exist is because it's meant to give you an emotional bomb to help you when you're exhausted from work, work drains you, work tires you out, and you come home and all you can do is just sit there and stream. Yeah. Like That's not lit. your fault. That's yeah. the system designed that way. And then you wake up and you repeat the process again. And you've never had the time to one sit there and think critically, think, think collectively, and organize as a group. Nope. That's, That's and the gonna, I mean... It sucks, but what can we maybe, do? Maybe, yeah, maybe Reddit will be different. Maybe Let's... it'll it'll continue its energy. But I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to see this kind of pop up maybe every once in a while, that this will be hot news for a little bit, but then eventually things will sort of settle down, right? That, the, that Wall Street will just be able to kind of wait it out. Robin Hood will wait it out. That's my fear. My hope is that I think that we're going to see this endure as an ongoing struggle. I do think that this year in particular has seen uh, a real emergence of labor once more. Mm-hmm. From the strikes in New York to the teacher strikes, we are really seeing a real 
uprising of people, a real uprising. And I think that is because the pandemic laid bare our deep, deep economic inequalities, our deep, deep structural issues. And so I, I do think 2021 will be the year in which we're going to see definitely more of these uprisings, more of these pushing back, and hopefully a more ongoing movement. So fingers crossed for that. That's my hope. Let's see if it happens. <laughs> I'm about it, bro. Down yeah. with the system, my friend. Damn. And if I can you, become... You're, you're, you're becoming a Marxist. I am. I'm over here telling everyone to buy... Like, I'm, I'm over here on Twitter telling everyone to buy Dogecoin. I said, Dogecoin for Diz's That's way. less Marxist <laughs> than more you trying to make money. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. I'm trying to take the system down. Dogecoin. We should, we should note, as we're saying this, that... Um, while it, this all sounds really good in terms of like your personal vested financial interest, of the people that were involved in this, only one person actually became a millionaire, and that person was already invested for ages, yeah. and they had been involved for a long time. They were a long-time trader. But Most of the people did make money. Yeah. They made tens of thousands here or there. People were able to pay for surgeries and whatnot. Yeah, that's what and I'm it saying. Is important, and it's important to recognize that those are very small winnings yeah, in yeah. comparison to, to what hedge funds make. We're talking yeah, yeah. about. The difference between someone making $5,000 one day versus people who are making billions of dollars. Literally. The other thing is that the people who are able to invest are people who are able to invest money that they had saved up for a long time. So they have relative stability. People who are able to invest something like $50,000. The average person isn't going to be able to invest $50,000. No. Or even $10,000, right? No. So there is a, we need to recognize that, yeah, while Reddit is rising up, this is not necessarily poor people rising up. These are people who are a little bit well off among the working class. They may be working class, but they're a little bit more well off. The fact that they, the average person doesn't even have $1,000 saved. No. The average person does not. This is a statistic most people don't know, but it's true. The average person doesn't have $1,000 in their bank account. Okay? That's just a, that's a clear reminder. Say, so the people who are investing $10,000, $20,000, etc., only one person has made a million dollars. Most people have made some money. A lot of people are going to lose money. This is very important to understand also, that lots and lots and lots of people are going to lose money, not just hedge funds, but lots of people will. Don't get caught up in this. This often happens uh, that, I'm not saying sell. If you're invested, hold the line, great. But don't jump on board. Don't take our advice and jump on board and think that somehow you're going to become a billionaire. If you can invest, great, invest. But please don't invest your rent money. Yeah, please don't do don't that. Invest, yeah, don't, please don't invest your rent money. Please don't put money that you need into this because you will lose it. If you want to invest, only invest what you can afford to lose, what you've already accepted as a loss, right? Yeah, see, I'm in no for problem. 100 bucks, man. Yeah, if you, want, if you want to play around with it, go for it. But please don't fall into the, get swept up into this because part of this is a, is also a bit of a campaign, right? Oh, you too can be a millionaire. That's not true, right? Stocks are not the key to becoming a millionaire for most people. It's just like winning the lottery. Yeah. Some people will get lucky. Some one or two people will become millionaires. A couple people will make a few thousand here or there. Most people will lose. Yeah, but I, that doesn't I, mean that we can't support uh, an uprising against hedge funds. Yeah. Just and had if, to put that out there because I think people it gets lost in the sort of Twitter discourse and everyone thinks that somehow if they jump on Robin Hood and they, they invest in AMC tomorrow that by the end of the week they'll be all millionaires. That's not what's going to happen. The people who did make millions are people who have been invested for ages, mm -hmm. ages, and they've been working the trends for ages. So 
Just bear that bear that in mind. Um, with that, any last words, Diz, before you take us out? Yes. Dogecoin Diz Wedding. Stop it. <laughs> Stop fucking pyramid scheming on our... Oh, our oh wait, 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 wait. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to go off track here. Um, I have a big fuck you to somebody I need to give. What do you want to say fuck you to? I want to say fuck you to Ali Alumi. Why? What did, what did I do? Listen, you piece of shit. I didn't know it at the time, but you fucking insulted me. Like, now yeah. looking... You, I, I said, hey. I mean, I insult you all the time, so you yeah, got to be very You said that I was General Zhao, and I'm very insulted. Oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> you finally watched. I'm really angry that you've watched Avatar and Korra without me. I'm never going to forgive you for that. I'm very pissed. Very angry, especially in the era in which Netflix allows you to to watch together now okay oh for, my god okay hold on hold shame on, hold on. on you first we off, could have had me you and mustafa watch it together we oh. can we can do it again i'll rewatch it that show was fucking amazing i'm pissed Wasn't off it good? i, I it. told you it was great i'm on cora now i'm already on i'm on book three of, C- of legend of Korra. <laughs> book fucking... three has the best villain of all time i heard here all of these cora uh, what makes cora better is that i think uh, i think avatar is better personally but cora has more uh, nuanced characters, in my opinion, and the I, villains are far better. I, I yeah, with the exception of the second season, the villain was not so good. Of what, of Korra, yeah, I didn't like the yeah. the second season. This first season and the third season villains, yeah. and Kovira's all right too, which is season three, four, oh, no, season four. There, uh, the the season one and season three, phenomenal villains. So there is a lot more nuance. It's definitely more of a teen show than a kid show. There's a fucking murder suicide, man. There's murders. There's very 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 good, but for me, Avatar will always be better. I think Avatar will always be better for a couple of reasons. One, I think Avatar leans on its simplicity. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful simplicity to it. And its world building is gorgeous. I think the world building is a little bit inconsistent with Korra. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Two, Korra often falls into very reductive tropes about the bad guys. So one of the things that Korra ends up doing is there's some weird... Red scare. Yeah, that's what uh, that's stuff. what that's what Baluch said to me about book yeah, one. He said I wouldn't like it right. because of he's that. Absolutely right. There's some red scare stuff around Amon. There's some weird stuff about Zahir. They misunderstand don't, anarch- don't anarchism. So like, what they one of the reasons why Zahir ends up becoming such a popular villain is it's entirely unintended. They tried to create Zahir as this hypocrite, don't, bad. Don't. Don't don't spoil it for me. I'm not spoiling anything. I'm not <laughs> spoiling anything. They try to they try to demonstrate Zahir as this horrible villain, but at the end of the day, and people end up liking Zahir because Zahir's critiques are right. <laughs> the things he says are accurate. Same thing with Amon. What Amon says is roughly right, right? And so that's well, that's the one thing I think Korra falls short on. Korra becomes very neoliberal, very neoliberal. I can see that. And so I, that's why I think uh, Avatar is the better show. That said, I stand by my statement. You said I could cosplay as General Zhao, but you didn't say I was him. You actually do have you do have the beard. Okay, and in the past, you called me Zuko. You said if I if I was any of the characters, I would be Zuko. Yeah, Zuko. I think any character that has a temper would work. Yeah, Zuko, Admiral Admiral Zhao. A little bit of both. (laughs) Let's kiss my ass. All right, take us out. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to tell us what Avatar character you think I, I most resemble, or most re- resemble, not just physically, but you know, uh, my personality, you could do so at Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/currentlynerding, or you could tweet us, uh, 
uh, at currently nerdy you could send us a picture of who you think that i look like on instagram uh it's currently nerdy on instagram whatever the fuck people do on tumblr you could do that there too currently nerdy.tumblr.com and we're on google or stitcher google play and the uh itunes podcast app make sure you rate review and subscribe to us i think uh apple has been taking away our ratings too so i need you guys to go and give us five star reviews hook us up bro um and if you're a big fan of the podcast share the podcast to your friends because you're not a true friend if you haven't shared the gospel of currently nerdy and if you want to get a hold of us individually you can ali how can i get a hold of you you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram, railing against capitalism at A-A-O-L-O-M-I, or on our sister podcast, Head on History, Diz. Uh, you can see me trying to plug stuff at everywhere at Dizbullah, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H, Dogecoin for Diz's wedding. <laughs> yeah, I'm for everywhere at that. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in, and remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire.